Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. I'm Kristen Janez and welcome back to the So Looks Like podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me and I'm super excited because I have a guest here today. Her name is Erica Kaver. She's an author. She's an entrepreneur. She owns her own business. And y'all, I met her at this women empowerment event and she's like so inspirational, so positive, has such a great spirit. And I'm just super excited for you all to meet her and get to know her and hear her story. So we're going to get right into it. How are you doing today, Erica? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So let's start. Um, just tell us a little bit about you, like where you grew up, where you went to school, how it's like for you growing up. Just like who is Erica Caber? Well, I am um, originally from Fayette, Alabama. Um, it's kind of north of Tuscaloosa, maybe 45 minutes or so. Um, I grew up pretty much um, in a small town. Um, I was a cheerleader and just very active in school. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's pretty much my background as far as where I went to school. So as far as like support systems, because I'm really big on feeling like you need other people in your life to support you, what type of support systems did you have growing up? I had a really good support system. I started out um, being raised in the home with my grandmother. Um, But my mom was definitely always present in my life. Um, And at the age of nine, my dad came back into my life. And I had a slew of aunts and uncles and cousins um, that really supported me um, while growing up. So it wasn't that I was missing anything. I think more so just um, I needed questions answered. So did you ever get those answers to the questions that you needed answered? I did. Um, It was later in life um, that I would start to understand, you know, really the basis of my lifestyle and how I was living. Um, Just, you know, growing up in the home with my grandmother, it wasn't really explained, hey, you know, well, I'm your mom, but I can't really, you know, I'm not really at this point now to where I can fully take on the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that just didn't just come out off the whim. So at that point, I had to grow up and understand what my circumstance was okay so you kind of needed answers as to why like your grandmother was raising you as mm-hmm. opposed to your mom yes do you think that affected you like growing up like as a young woman do you think her not being there your grandmother taking on that role really affected you or did it not really phase you at all um i think it definitely affected me um but i have resolved within myself that You know, at some point, people can only give you um, to the level of capacity that they have. Mm -hmm. So it really wasn't her fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It was just, you know, it was the circumstances and where we were in life. Um, And so, yeah, at that point, like, um, I understood that my grandmother gave me what she had. um, And I greatly appreciate that. But, um, of course, you know, a, a natural home is a mom, a dad and the kids so you know it it will definitely affect you as to looking around at your peers and seeing them in a home like that you know or some of them in a home like that and you're not Mm -hmm. i know you mentioned in your book which we're going to talk about next um 
It's called Mending the Broken Spirit, a women's devotional. Mm -hmm. And I saw you hit on that in your book about you would kind of get upset with kids that were raised in a two-parent home to where you would fight them. Would you like really fight them? (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. I can't picture her doing that. But y'all know we come from like, she she said she came from the pit to the palace. Like, I felt that with my soul. So what inspired you to write Mending Mending the Broken Spirit? Because I feel like there are young girls out there that really needs to know that there are people like us that have really been through the trenches and have came out on the other side. Not saying that we have just arrived or, you know, we have nothing else to work on, but just saying that, you know, I've been where you are. I understand. And, you know, there are times where you think that you're going through life and everything is okay, but your spirit is really broken. Mm -hmm. You don't really see how broken you are until you look back and you've really walked through some type of healing and you get You get a chance to say, okay, I was broken here. I needed help here and no one was really pulling my coattail. So what really helped you realize that you were broken? Was it like people telling you about your behavior or you just felt like you weren't happy within and kind of did some self-identifying factors to see what was going on or like what really brought that to your attention? I don't think it was so much of people telling me because it you know, at a point in my life where I found that I was um, the most broken, I didn't have um, friends that held me accountable. I had friends that liked to have fun. Mm-hmm. So um, that comes with a whole different ball game as far as you can be broken and still have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like looking back over my track record and being in a very low place when I look back over that record and realizing you are where you are because of the things that you've done and the result of this is where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I found myself just in a really low place and kind of looking back at people that I'd hurt, um, bridges that I'd burned, um, just bad choices and mm-hmm. just, you know, a warped mindset of thinking that, you know, you can cover this up with maybe like substances or um, partying and guys and it just, never works. Yeah, it never works. Even I've been there, like to a point you feel so broken, but like going out and drinking, maybe smoking, doing whatever, mm-hmm. it might make you feel better. But at the end of the day, you really realize that, uh, hey, I'm not really happy. Absolutely. And I know that what I'm doing isn't really me right now. Mm-hmm. So let me like shake back and get myself yeah. together. Like that's kind of what I had to tell myself. Is at one point I was going through something. When I was living in Mississippi and like my life had gotten out of hand and I just stopped and looked one day. It's like, Kristen, this can't be real. Like, this is not your life. Like, stop playing yourself and like get it together. Mm -hmm. Like, stop your mess. Oh, yeah. But um, in the book, you mentioned you experienced some of life's ups and downs and you're thankful God has taken you from the pits of the palace. What are some of the downfalls you have experienced in life and how did you really overcome them? Oh, goodness. So um, just to kind of highlight, when I first went off to college, you know, I I caught myself up in like partying and being connected to, you know, some some of the wrong friends. And I would just be I was very impulsive. So I would make very bad decisions. Um, And one of the major things that sticks out to me is just picking up my bag. I was I was a runner. Mm -hmm. Um, So any issues that I had, I would just run from them. And um, I found myself. Oh, so you were like a track runner. I'm thinking like, (laughs) sorry, y'all. I'm like, okay, she was a runner. (laughs) Okay, she ran from her problems. 
No, I was a runner of my issues. So I would just literally like pick up my bags and like just move, like relocate. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but when I stop, I'll figure it out. Um, Oh, wow. You're so brave. Yeah. So one of those times I picked up my bags and I just moved to Kansas. Um, just making hasty decisions. Did you um, know anybody in Kansas? I have one cousin. No, I had two cousins. Um, and one of them allowed me to come stay with them, you know, when we first got there or whatever. But then I ventured off. I got connected to the wrong guy. And this guy was, you know, definitely not a very healthy partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that turned out to be a very bad domestic violence, um, you know, place. So, you know, just finding myself in just brokenness, just after one after another not really realizing what i was doing to myself or my future to kind of hit on the domestic violence thing because i've been in that situation as well so like what advice would you give someone that's broken and they're in a domestic violence relationship and they don't really know how to get out like what was the first step to healing and really getting out of that situation you know i grew up where i used to hear you know if a man hits you once, he'll hit you again. And I really um, let that go in one ear and out the other. Um, and one of the things where this guy showed, he had shown me all the signs before I even, you know, got with him. And, you know, we even got together the wrong way. Um, so me just meeting him and knowing who he wa- who he was and what he was about, like I should have known then. Um, but the fir- the first thing that I would tell someone is that if you see the red flag, it don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're already in it and you can't get out, well, you feel like you can't get out right now, seek help. There are hotlines that are everywhere, but mm-hmm. I just took it upon myself to just, you know, call my dad and just relocate. Yeah. Um, some people don't, you know, have that person to call or they're too embarrassed mm-hmm. to even tell what happened. But don't feel like you're out there alone. Like if you're in a situation where somebody's putting their hands on you, male or females, oh, yeah. I know we hit yes. too. <laughs> yes. But um, just try not to let violence be the answer. Absolutely. Yes. I know so many women that have been broken because of that. They feel mm-hmm. like they're le- they're less than and they feel like, you know, a man doesn't really love them. Or they yeah. feel like, okay. No one's going to love me like he loves me. So let me stay around and continue to get abused. But trust me, ladies, is somebody out there that's not going to put his hands on you. But, you know, I really think also that we have to assess um, not just the person that's doing it, but we have to assess the person that's receiving it and mm. why they're willing to say because stay because we always tend to say you know that person the the abuser mm-hmm. they're sick there's something wrong with them they have issues mm-hmm. but who's really the one that has the issue if they decide to stay right. you know what i'm saying who really who's really broken if they decide to stay in that and think that they actually deserve it or oh, there's wow. nothing better that they can receive I love it. Good stuff, Erica. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Easy Fashion, where fashion is made easy. Right now, they're having a 25 to 75% off sale on their entire site. Prices are already marked down, so you don't have to worry about a promo code. Just go to easyfashion.co. That's the letter E Z F A S H I O N dot C O. So those downfalls, did, did that take you to a place of bitterness? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when, when you're in a low place, you think or your perception is everyone around you is doing better than than you. Um, the grass is always greener on the other side. And the truth is, you know, sometimes it's not even the grass being greener. It's just mm-hmm. filters that the other people have put up. You just need so, to water your yeah, own grass. Yeah. So you just really have to tend to your own business. And, you know, really, and, and I say that like wholeheartedly, like if we really spend time tending to us, we really wouldn't have time to realize how, how great someone else has it. Because oh, yeah. everybody has issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember you saying you dealt with a lot of insecurities. And I know there are so many beautiful young women out there now that feel like, hey, I need to look like this to get attention from men. I need to do this. I need to do that. What would you say to a young woman or even an older woman that's dealing with finding herself or feeling like she has to look like someone else in order to be successful? You know, I really struggle with this day and age with um, us as women um, just wanting to have that certain look. I just don't really understand why as women, we all want to walk around and look the same. Like (laughs) God made me to where I'm heavy up top and I don't really have much in the back. You know what I'm saying? Girl, that is my struggle too. Yeah, like like, top heavy. Yeah, like why can't we just be unique? Like there are so many women out here now, like they have the behind. So let them have that. But that doesn't mean that you're not beautiful. So um, own who you are. That's what I say. Own who you are. And there's... A, a place of beautiful that lies on in all of us. I love that. So if someone's dealing with insecurities and you know that could trickle into leading into depression. And I remember in your book you mentioned that you dealt with depression. Mm-hmm. I have too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really realize I was depressed until I actually went and talked to someone and looked it up online and like, okay, like, hey, I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm these symptoms like at what point did what made you realize you were depressed for me mine was going through my divorce and being pregnant feeling like okay I'm about to be a single mom of two kids I was just getting the hang of one now Mm -hmm. here I am with a whole newborn going through a divorce that that really set it in for me so like what at what point what really made you realize you were depressed what was causing your depression Oh, man, like, um, well, for one, what caused it was I had spent years of just vicious, toxic cycles, just going through pretty much the same thing, um, living a lifestyle that I knew was not meant for me. I didn't grow up, you know, just rough and, Mm -hmm. you know, just living any kind of way. So if I'm allowing myself to be like that, that's the number one indication that something is not right. Um, Just spending days of just having to drag myself out of the bed. Um, not wanting to be around anyone, having, you know, emotions of just up and down and, um, you know, even just being addicted to like substances, substances, Mm. um, maybe alcohol or weed or, you know, just anything to just kind of make my mind go away from all the issues that I'm having. So the first thing that um, triggered it was me just um, having anxiety attacks. So I go to the doctor and I'm like, hey, like, my heart is like beating overtime and I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out. And, 
you know, they were like, well, for number one, you you have anxiety attacks. And number two, you're severely depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they diagnosed me with chronic depression. Um, but I just couldn't own that. Like, I just knew that yeah. it was not for me. You we know? always feel like, like, I know I'm not depressed. Like, I'm good. I can't have, like, a mental disorder. Yeah. But it's so real. And I feel like now it's coming out more and more than it did before. Because... You know, like growing up in a black household, yep. let you come around talking about you want to go to a shrink <laughs> right. or therapist. Mm-hmm. Like you better go pray, right? Read your Bible. <laughs> You're right. good. But I just want y'all to know we have to stop telling our children that we have to really mm-hmm. listen to them and know that like people go through things. Like you don't know what people are going through when they walk around here. When I was depressed, honestly, nobody would have ever known it. Wow. So I was walking around. Um, I would be at work and my old coworkers knew what all I was going through. And a lady named Becky, she was so sweet. She would always check on me. And she was like, you know, it, it really looked like you've gone back to yourself. Like at one point there, I was kind of worried about you. Cause I was coming to work with no makeup on. And that's right. not me. Like I'm a makeup artist. You won't see me made up 25% beat (laughs) but I was doing nothing like straight face hair in a bun and when she told me it looked like I was just now back getting to myself it was after I had addressed that I really was depressed after Mm -hmm. I had started seeing a therapist they didn't even put me on like some medication which I have took because it was really like messing with me right (laughs) but um yeah, so what would you say to someone that's really trying to get back to themselves and try, and kind of trying to get out of that that mode of depression? Um, do what's best for you. Some people can beat it um, just by, you know, making sure that they go see a therapist and they actually talk through their issues and share them. Um, keeping a healthy lifestyle, praying, devotionals, you know, staying in the face of God. But then there are some that literally they can't shake it. They don't Mm -hmm. know how. And so I say, if you need medication, take it. Like, don't feel, you know, shame, ashamed that you have to take your medication or that you just, you know, have to go see a therapist, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Like, do that. If it gives you mental stability, do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I don't know what they had me on. It felt like what it was supposed to be stopping, it was causing to be more. So I was like, okay. Yeah, so I just decided to go see a therapist, work out, and eat better. See, that's what I'm trying to get into. Like I mentioned on some previous podcasts, I'm really trying to get into like a morning routine. And I kind of want to put that in there. Like I wake up in the mornings and I work on my podcast Mm -hmm. at like 6 to 8 before I clock in for work. But I want to incorporate like working out and doing something positive and just setting out my day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a certain routine that you do that kind of gets you in the flow of thing, whether that's like getting up, praying, reading your Bible or mm-hmm. what do you do throughout the day to maintain like a peace of mind and stability? Well, m- most that know me can tell you that I'm a very, very, very structured per- purpose person. So in the morning time, if I get up, um, w- well, when I get up, I do my devotional, I pray, I get ready for work, um, and you know, I go throughout my day, and then after work, I'm going straight to the gym. Um, after that, who I'm so jealous. I'm yeah, trying to get so it's, it's pretty much four to five time, times a week. Um, but you know, even on the weekends, I do try to get up and keep the same routine of. You know, getting up, praying, writing in my journal, 
um, and just going about my day. So, yeah, I feel like that's what really keeps me grounded. It mm -hmm. keeps me, you know, in a good place, a balanced place. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when I don't do it, I'm very off. I notice it. Mm. So it's very easy to get off balance like mm -hmm. when you get into a flow of things and then that one thing happens and it kind of throws you off it can kind of mess up your whole day yeah very inspiring so we're going to move on to sassy and saved ink i'm so excited to hear what this is about so can you explain to our listeners what sassy and saved ink is sure well sassy and saved was birthed just one night um, up praying, just, you know, kind of sitting in silence, reading my Bible. And I wanted to encourage women. I just didn't know how to do it. And at the time, I did not have the confidence to stand before women and, you know, encourage them and speak to them and empower them. So I, you know, really felt like the best way that I could in empower a woman is through sayings on a shirt. And that was well before, you know, all of the shirt makers came out and everybody was, you <laughs> everybody know. Everybody makes shirts. Yeah. Like, right, right down the street makes shirts. So. Yeah. So I just felt like that, you know, coming out with sassy and say, like, you can be sassy, you can keep your identity, you can be, be who you are, but you can be safe. Like, you know, you can live that lifestyle of living on God, but not having to, you know, what to say look like. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt like, you know, growing up, like you don't, people would say, you don't, you don't look safe. Well, what does that look like? Oh, exactly. I've even had that issue, like growing up, like high school and things like that. I'm a spiritual person. I love God. I go to church. But at the same time, I like trap music. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a saint out here. I will I will admit that. And what do you say to someone who's struggling with, like, really being themselves, feeling like, okay, since I love God, I really have to mask who I am and put on, like, a front to make it seem like, you know, my life is perfect, but it's really not. Well, the truth of the matter is there's no front in God. And so we can be ourselves, our true self in front of God. And that is, you know, all of our mistakes, everything that we're struggling with, every every battle that we have, we can actually be who we are in front of God. So when I go to God, you know, God, I'm still healing. I need, I need you to heal me from this hurt, this pain. I still love trap music. I still love the party. I still love this. And God will meet you where you are. So Amen. we as people have to stop trying to really change people and allow God to do that. So, mm. you know, if you live your life as a true example in front of someone, I feel like God can do the rest. Mm. Yeah. That's so powerful. Someone told me last week that um, you have to allow God to change mm -hmm. you. Absolutely. You have to really let him in. Because one thing I've been struggling with it's like I've been having to ask God to fix my heart because some mm -hmm. evil things can come to my head. Like if people make me upset, like some things I want to say, like I used to be really, really bad. Like my temper and right. my anger, like you would piss me off. Mm -hmm. You would see like a whole nother side of me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I knew like I had grown right. in God, honestly, because I honestly pray like, okay, God. Let me control my temper and my emotions. I know that that is not of you. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says to be slow to anger. Right. So let me slow down. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love it. So you mentioned that you write in a journal. Mm -hmm. And I kind of do too, but I'm not consistent with it. Do you do that every day? Does it really help you mentally? Yes, that helps me shed so much. So a lot of times I spend part of my time praying audibly. 
And then a lot of time I spend, you know, writing my prayers down. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I like writing um, is because there are some things I feel more comfortable with just putting on paper. I've always been a writer. Right. Um, So, you know, just me putting it on paper and being able to look back in journals from 2010, 2015. And I'm like, Lord, like you really did this for me. (laughs) (laughs) You really helped your girl out. (laughs) I'm telling you. Yeah. So it helps me a lot. I love it. So what's like, what's next for Sassy and Save Inc.? Do y'all have anything planned coming up? Anything you want our listeners to know? Honestly, with Sassy and Sage, I don't know how much longer Sassy and Sage will be around. Um, The shirts, um, I just, I have... I'm just not there anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I You've feel elevated. Like, You've grown. Yeah, I just feel like you know, if I if if something is laid on my heart to do it, I may do it. But I just I, I haven't had that urge in maybe like a year and a half. So mm-hmm. I don't really do much with Sassy and Say too much anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how I am with makeup. Like you wouldn't believe. Hello, gorgeous. Right. Was the first time I like done makeup on another person in like a year. Like wow. all last year, people would write me wanting to get their makeup done and stuff like that. But I had had a baby. I was going through a divorce. I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Done with a lie. Like I was literally turning everybody okay. down for like a whole year. But I still will beat your face if you need me to. But I just prefer to do bridal. Right. But I get what you're saying. Like you put something on halt for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me. I experienced that. But I just grew. And that's kind of how I grew into my podcast. Like I love doing makeup. But how can I reach people? Right. How can I help people more? Makeup is fun. But, you know, you're only helping that one individual person. So I kind of want to reach the multitudes. Mm-hmm. So what do you have planned coming up? Something exciting? exciting um that you would like for us to look out for well i am definitely working on um releasing my second book um and actually i was supposed to do that in march of this year and then um i got engaged in january and so it just kind of put put everything at a halt um but i definitely plan on picking those things back up and you know launching my next book and you know getting my site up and just you know going into the things that i had already had planned um with that so once we get married we it is rocking and rolling <laughs> that's so exciting y'all here she is engaged and before we started recording this podcast like i just found out she had been divorced and like i'm divorced so one more thing we have in common yes. i can't wait for you all to hear the episode we're going to record about healing through a divorce mm-hmm. That's like an hour long. Oh podcast. yeah, that's, that's, a whole, <laughs> that's like yeah. a week. That's a series. <laughs> you need know, that. Like we need a whole month <laughs> to get that dedicated. Order. Like okay, <laughs> so y'all be on the lookout. And Erica also has redefined. I'm sorry, refined virtue. Mm-hmm. Let me get it right. Refined <laughs> virtue. Can you tell us what that is about? Refine Virtue is basically women's empowerment. It is sent to reach women and young girls um, that have struggled with identity, um, trauma, and mental health. Um, Anything that helps them to get their business off the ground. Mm -hmm. If they have a vision, a dream, even if it's not a business, um, just to make sure that they are healthy going into that more so than just going out and just starting something off the whim and not really knowing what you're walking into. Oh, I love it. I actually wrote a book, but I haven't published it yet. I wrote this back in 2017. Literally, I wrote it in like nine days when I was going through everything Mm -hmm. with my ex. And 
I, I plan on releasing it this year. I'm still just waiting to hear from God because mm-hmm. I kind of put it on halt for like over a year now because I don't want it to come off as mm-hmm. like angry and right. upset. And I that's feel it. like that's kind of where my mind was when I wrote it. So I've been kind of like in the phase of revising it. So you, you, you offer services for women that kind of like want to start a business and get things off the ground um mm-hmm. so women can reach out to you Absolutely. for help with things like that what's one piece of advice you would give a woman that really wants to start a business but she doesn't really have the confidence to feel like it will be successful and that's where we start at is right there with the confidence you know why start a business if you're not confident to go into it? Mm. Um, because th- with you doing that, you're just going to set up so many barriers to where you don't think you're good enough. Or if you even do it, you're going to critique every single thing that you do. So what we start with first is building your confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone that comes to me and say, you know, I have a dream, I have a vision, I want to do a, you know, even a nonprofit. Okay. The first thing that we need to do is make sure that you mentally and emotionally can bear the business that you want to create. Oh, so yeah. We'll work there first. Um, so and- I do feel like people get into things prematurely mm-hmm. and not really do the research and realize what all it's going to take to be successful. Like, I've started a ton of businesses. <laughs> like, yeah. I used to have an online boutique, yeah. I used to do all type of stuff. But it was during a season where I wasn't really ready. Right. And I really felt like God wanted me to do more. So what would you say to someone that's struggling with like finding their purpose or feeling like it's something that they feel like God wants them to do, but they just can't really figure out what that is? So sit down and sit before God because your purpose is definitely in God. Um, You're not going to just wander around out here and just stumble upon your purpose. (laughs) Um, But your purpose is definitely something that you don't have to get paid for and that you can do just willingly. Mm -hmm. And I know that with women, I love, absolutely love helping women. And I also absolutely love mental health. I love psychology. I love studying how, you know, behaviors of human beings. Like I love that. So for me, I just feel like why not just pair those two together and make sure that we as women walk out here whole and in purpose and with that being you know part of your purpose is being whole Mm. so making sure that you sit down you get whole anything that you've been broken from you heal from that first and i think you'll definitely find your purpose while on that journey so do you feel like it's really a set formula to how to really heal from brokenness or like what would you say the first thing besides like finding out why you're broken like what was kind of your routine like a step by step like what you did like how many times you would pray a day or what what you would do to kind of get over that um i think that when you first go into a a true healing process you just gotta stop you gotta put a halt to some things like you can't just keep living life on 100 miles per hour and thinking that you know your issues are just gonna you're just gonna heal along the way like okay yes i want to do this business but if i'm you know trying to go into full healness and in wholeness, then I, I just need to stop. I need to do what's necessary, like go to work, go to church, seek God. But the rest of this time, I just need to find out more so do like a discovery, find mm. out who Erica is. Oh, what does yeah. she really like? What does she, you know, there may, I, I thought about this while I was healing this last time from a divorce. You know, there were things that I didn't even know that I liked, even in foods, um, because I had not taken the time to really get to know myself all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, 
know, and so your palate, your taste palate changes just like a baby. You know, you grow up and you realize I didn't like apples back when I was five, but now I'm 35. I love them. Um, you know, so <laughs> that like, totally happened yeah. to me. Like maybe I just wasn't trying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. So just like your palate, your taste palate changes, your lifestyle changes and what you like and what you love. So get to know yourself and just kind of slow down. Um, definitely pray and seek God more. Um, I would say definitely seek a therapist. Um, mm -hmm. That's how I started my journey of healing and getting back home. Yes, and for people that may not be aware, um, your insurance more than likely will cover therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't feel like you have to pay out of pocket. If you have like pretty decent insurance, pretty much all of them cover it. Like I've been on Obamacare, they cover therapy. Right. So reach out and there are places even if you don't have insurance there are places i know there's a place here in birmingham called oasis mm -hmm. it's like income based based on whatever you make like take a check stub in there i don't even think you have to do that i think you just tell them yep. and they'll charge you based upon what you can pay yep. so don't feel like there are aren't resources out there there really are and that's why we're here to help you that's kind of the purpose of this podcast we kind of want to enhance those areas of your life so you can live your best life while we all live our best lives right. we can live our best life together <laughs> because when you're doing that when you're focused on you and one thing like i said like that you said that you really have to focus on you you can't worry about what the next person is out here doing. Mm -hmm. You can't get discouraged. You can't compare your journey to the next person's mm -hmm. because God, what God has for you is for you. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like a market that you're getting into is oversaturated. Like, no. Right. The customers, the clients, the audience that God wants to come your way mm -hmm. will come. So tell our listeners how they can contact you, where they can find you, like on social media and things like that. You can definitely find me on Instagram. It's Erica Caver underscore. Um, and that is my main Instagram right now. Um, like I said, Sassy and Saved is going away. I do have a handle for Sassy and Saved, which is Sassy and Saved um, underscore. But that will be um, deleted here soon. So I wouldn't follow that one. Um, you can <laughs> We're just going to read that. Yeah. It. We're not going to delete it. So. <laughs> you can also find me on um, Facebook, um, which is Sassy and Saved as well. That is my business page. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Erica. It's been such a pleasure.